did. Yeah, there's. It is live. It's going. Um, now it's two programs. So it's uh, the speed program and the strength program. The bigger question, though, is: Did you or did I did I win the race? As soon as we finished the podcast, I was straight on the phone to Zach, and I'm like, "Man, let's go!" So it's up, it's running, it's live. We've got a couple of leads out there already, which is great. Like with the the lead gen, the ebook that we um, that we did, so that was awesome. It was like straight away, bang! I wish I texted you when, when we got it done because I literally, as soon as we finished, got in the car, had to go and drop some stuff off somewhere, and I was on the phone to Zach. And we were just like, yeah, let's go, man. Let's go, let's go. So got it all done by, it would have been Monday night. I think it was finished and it was up and ready to go. All the links were there. So now it's just a matter of let's start promoting it. Let's start going and, and seeing what we get with it. So I think, well, unless you got it done within, like before you went to bed at night, then I probably would have got it, yeah. I, I think I got it done on the first. I think it was live and going on the first, which would have been, or no, it was live on the 31st, which would have been Monday. It's Monday the 31st. Sunday, it's Sunday now for you. Yeah. So, well, in any case, if you didn't get it done in 12 hours from our our podcast, then you wouldn't have beaten me. No, I didn't. (laughs) I think you won. (laughs) I thought it matters because now it's just about getting out there. So Tuesday, Tuesday was my first day out. Um, mm. If anybody listening, shameless, shameless plug here, sixty percent off for the either program. Shoot me a message and uh, just feedback and testimonials. All I'm asking for sixty percent off. So mm. shame, my shameless plug is over. If you want to. I'll, I'll, happily shameless plug <laughs> I'll happily, I'll happily shameless plug. You've got uh, almost a thousand dollars worth of value. There's three and a half hours worth of content. There's six weeks worth of programming all for 197 bucks. So jump on the, you can actually jump on the, um, grab the free ebook as well. And there's a free, um, bit of programming in there for you too. So you pretty much get a whole bunch for free uh, already before you even sign up beforehand. So check out the ebook. That's going to be your first way in. Um, and if you enjoy and you like what's in there, perfect. You can go ahead and, and purchase the six weeks. And if you're not enjoying the six weeks, I give you your money back. No questions asked. So um, I just want people to be able to enjoy it. And then same goes, if you've got any feedback um, or there's any testimonials when you start going with it, um, that'd be very much appreciated. So shameless plug. Over. <laughs> yeah, I uh, one one thing I have been thinking about recently in terms of the strength training is the. Uh, do you remember Keegan talking about easy strength from like Dan John and Pavel Tetzelin? Easy, easy strength. Yeah. It's called easy strength. No. So it's basically, I think Keegan did it a long time ago, but it's basically doing a ton of work sub-maximally. So you're not, not that you aren't increasing the weight, but like you're not hitting singles or hard doubles. Like maybe you are hitting doubles, but like at like 70%. I think there's an aspect of that that is, really important for building athleticism and doesn't sort of get talked about. Not that you don't want to squat more, but like if you do like maybe, maybe we talk about an RDL. If you do a thousand reps of really high quality RDLs, not in one session, obviously, but over the period of a year, six months, I don't know how long it takes to do that. That would be like 20 sessions. So maybe over half a year. Um, sub-maximally, just perfect reps, I think you would probably actually put your body in a better position to play your sport than if you pushed super hard for, like, three really heavy sets of five every time. Did that make any sense? Yeah, 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 plenty of sense. I I, I agree with that because you're, well, you're getting a lot of quality repetition 
in with the movement. So it makes sense that when you're doing good quality and it, because let's be honest, when you're lifting heavier, chances are you're probably not going to be lifting optimally at every single time. Like it'll probably, um, more than likely, I would say, you won't be getting the quality from each rep. You probably get to that third and fourth rep and it's like, oof, like now it's a bit of a push um, to keep that consistency. Whereas if, like you said, you're doing submaximally, your efforts aren't as intense on the body uh, and you're able to keep consistency with your repetitions, whether it's your RDLs or your squats or whatever, then you're obviously going to be laying a foundation for like better reps as you progress through. So but that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Have you taken a deeper dive into that? Like for your own training, as in sort of tape, tapering it back and dropping it back a little bit, or is it more so just something that you, you've had, you've been sort of having in mind and you've been thinking about? A little bit. I have, te I have tempered it back a little bit just to see. And it's, I think, I think pushing the weight really heavy every time and really putting a lot of effort in is probably ideal for building your strength, but it might not be the best for improving your athleticism, if that makes sense. So granted, I mean, like part of it is the form kind of will break down a little bit. Part of it is that it takes so much like nervous system energy and so much out of you to push really hard, especially like a deadlift. Sometimes a really heavy deadlift can take you a week to recover from, like mm -hmm. neurologically. Um, not to mention how like the soreness and everything. So I think it, it's almost like you put yourself into a better spot to do things that are going to make you more athletic, running, jumping, bounding, playing your sport, whatever. You're in a better spot. You're less sore. You're less neurologically tired. You're still getting some adaptation. But instead of adaptation of like building strength in that specific exercise, maybe you're building overall joint integrity that puts you in a better spot to create adaptation through the specificity of what you actually want to do. So not that power lifters should just like lift at 70% all the time. That would be ridiculous. But and 70% isn't like, I'm not saying only go up to 70%, but like if you're doing doubles, like the you should be able to do like 96% of your one rep max for a double. Like maybe you're just doing like 89%. Like I, I made that 89% number up, but like something that you could do for a really high quality double without like grinding the shit out of the last rep. Do you think that that also can play a part in other movements that aren't your, like your compound movements, your squat, airlift, bench, row, all that sort of stuff? Um, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head. So things like maybe uh, maybe pull-ups, that might not be a good example, or let's just say uh, reverse uh, squats with a cable machine, like actually getting good repetitions with your movements with minimal load and minimal weight, but doing them well is going to give you um, better results than kind of smashing it heavy when you when you need to. Like, did that make, did that make sense? Do you think that there's potential for that as well with kind of your accessorizing exercises, I guess. Yeah, I, th I think it's more a compound movement thing. I think with uh, something like a reverse squat or like a tib raise, like you could pretty much just take those to failure and muscular failure is going to be the same thing as technical failure there for the most part. So, and you don't get the, like if you, you could, hit failure 12 times on a tib raise and then the next day be like oh, my tibs are a little bit sore but like nothing but if you hit failure on a deadlift twice in a day like the next day you're going to be fried so i think i think the accessories less so like but if you're going to do them take them to technical failure rather than like forcing reps so don't don't start like bending your knees and extending them to flip a tib raise up. But also yeah. it's like it's not gonna you're not gonna get fried for the next day in the same way that you could pushing squats beyond where you probably should. And also like I would say 
too that you're not going to not that this is the point but you're not going to um hurt yourself by doing a tip rack hurt yourself as bad potentially doing a tip rack when you're kind of you're bending your knee to try and get that weight up so the risk to reward ratio um is is definitely different between the two have you um have you changed your programming at all for yourself lately like is there something that you're doing differently or is it is it just kind of keeping it very consistent for the, the last little bit I've been a little bit all over the place, not all over the place, but I haven't had like a strict program the last couple of weeks. Like I spent some time, like I, on Friday, I went to like a big gym with some of the guys from high school that I know that had some problems that wanted me to help them out with. And like, I just did the workout I gave for them with them. And part of it's been me like testing out things, trying to, see how this feels, how that, like, what if I go lighter and do the higher quality reps don't necessarily hit failure. How do I feel the next day? Um, so I'll probably this week or next week, I'll start a program where I don't actually go that crazy with the weights and everything and just really feel like the reps are quality um, and see how that goes in terms of how I feel in terms of like fatigue and put myself like if I was to go play like I I'll play once a week I'll play on Wednesday night so I'll see how if I lift lighter but quality still Monday Tuesday Wednesday how do I feel Wednesday night when I go play um and then I'll I'll write a program out for for me to follow or maybe I'll just go through the speed program in that same way but yeah i don't that's something i've been thinking about because it it came to my mind was ben like wow ben doesn't lift that much weight some things he does lift quite a bit but like why is he so bouncy without lifting nearly as much as like if you look at some of the other guys that go in there like adon and fernando or marcel or whoever else why does he jump so much higher it was probably because he jumped has jumped more often. But, like, how do you put yourself in a position to jump more often? Because I've had periods of training hard, but, like, he's like, all right, they take Saturday off, and then you jump Sunday. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I'm not – I'm going to be far too tired on Sunday to jump. So maybe I go with – maybe you go with the easy strength approach, and you're very rarely sore. If you are, you're just, like, kind of like, oh, that's a little bit sore. Um, and then you're ready to jump the next day and ready to lift again the next day. So it's, I don't know, it's, this is me putting the cart before the horse and talking about it before I've really thought it through, but. Yeah, I, I would say that for my own training, that's something that I probably do more so than the lifting heavy side of things. Like, um, considering last week, I said that I have no more room left in my gym because I've got um, no room at all <laughs> in my gym, but ended up getting some freak athlete stuff come through and managed to find some room for that. Then I found a cheap back extension um, machine, which fits in perfectly as well on the, uh, in the in the space. So now we've got no room at all, but lifting heavy with barbells and that sort of stuff, it's not really that, like important for me at the moment a because i can't really make the room and find the room and b because like i think i want to be able to get consistency so like with my sled training which i didn't i haven't done since uh a week and a bit ago i haven't been well for the last week so i haven't really been doing much um but the sled training for me and like that just that con consistency of like just continuously backing it up of, of doing that it's not it's not heavy it's not hard for me you know you're sort of pushing and pulling between 100 and 130 kilos like it's not heavy in heart for me but to be consistent with the movements i find that i can back it up every day you feel like you said you feel a little bit sore but you don't feel like oh shit i can't do it anymore you know so like i, I maybe i have been doing that approach without doing that approach but just keeping things lighter and easier Yeah, I, I'm definitely 
guilty of trying to push weight before I probably should a lot in the past. Um, and I think that there's an aspect of that that probably is what, I don't know. This might just be totally wrong and off base, but I'll have to think about it more before I can make that judgment. But there's probably an aspect of why people think lifting can slow your athleticism because like if you're trying to squat as much as possible and you squat and you're not even hitting powerlifting depths, much less ass to grass and like your form sucks and you're just like getting killed. It, uh, I'm just reading your message. Um, can you still hear me? Yeah, I got you. I'm not sure what's happened here. Do you want to? Do you want to jump over to Zoom? Because I think it's still live. You want to Zoom? Yeah, we'll Zoom it. We'll Zoom it. Yeah, I think so. You I'll send you, you a Done. Telegram. Done. This computer. Damn. Uh, All right. Damn. Back after. Yeah. Some yeah. some technical difficulties. Far out. It's it's just such a pain in the ass, man. That's that's so annoying, so annoying. Because your yeah, easy strength chat there was was dope. Yeah, and then you that's had to go. In, you had to go and ruin it. No, <laughs> <laughs> this damn Australian internet. No, I've, you're not the only one complaining. My my wife says the same thing. It's like, well, why is this thing so bad for? Like, I'm really? sitting here on three. Yeah, I'm sitting here on three three bars, whatever it is. And it's perfect. And then it's just like, nah, hit, hit the shit. But it is what it is. It's not the end of the world. It's just building resilience. Anyway, back to your easy strength. So we'll, um, we'll recap. You're training yourself. You've not done it. Like you don't focus on easy strength. But the way that you explained it before my internet hit the shit was really, was really well explained. So you're going to go through and do that again because... I want people to understand where you're coming from from the easy strength side of things. I think I I can cut them together. It's not a big deal. Um, yeah. So like what like an example of this, I would say is like I probably a month ago, I kind of like this idea kind of started to fester in my head, and uh, the RDO was something I wanted to get better at, partially in terms of hamstring mobility and partially in terms of like getting the strength up but I could do 245 to 275 somewhere in that range for like five or six with pounds um with what you would call like reasonable form not like not the greatest form but like good at like passing um so I was like, let's let's try to go a lot lighter and really focus on it. So I did I did 185, so it 80, a little over 80 kilos, 84 maybe. Um three sets of ten. My hamstrings were fried for like five days, I think. Like just shot. The the range was better, the felt it so much more in my hamstrings, it was like what's going on here and uh like I built my way back up to being able to do that with heavier weight but it was like hold on I've been doing this with 245 for a couple months and now 185 is giving me like a level of soreness that I haven't had almost ever so that's there's an aspect of that with like you probably do better work with lighter weights would you say that there's more potential for improvement? Like you were saying beforehand with athleticism, I guess it depends on what you're trying to train or trying to achieve with your training. But if we're talking about athleticism, would you say that there's more potential for your easy strength than there would be for your maximal strength? Kind of like comparing the two, what would you, what would, what would, what would your thoughts be on the two? What would be better for an athlete? I think it's, I think it's actually like, I, I think, I don't think Ben has articulated it before, but I think he's on the same page of like, don't, 
you don't need to push the weight so hard, but like he always says chase the perfect rep and perfect intention. So like put intention and form over your your desire to lift more weight. Cause I think I think you'll actually get a better adaptation when you use lighter weights and you do it in a better manner if that made sense like i think and this is probably like not news to anybody but if you use 185 instead of 205 and you can do 185 perfectly and 205 is like yeah that was probably passing but like it was a little bit rough like i think you're gonna be in a lot better place at 185 yeah it will I guess it's like the lifting with the ego kind of thing. You know, you want to lift heavy because you want to lift heavy. Like not many people want to lift light because they want to lift light. It's either they have to lift light or if you're a little bit smarter about how you train them. Yeah, you will You will definitely lift lighter. I, I agree. I agree. Like even for my own self, I don't, I can't remember the last time I can actually, but and it wasn't, it hasn't been this year where I've lifted heavy. Um, and it's just because I feel, I do feel, better like physically i feel better it's not as much of like that that it's a different type of different type of feeling like you said when you're doing like a heavy heavy rdl compared to your lighter rdl that muscular fatigue compared to that um nervous system fatigue it hits it hits differently i prefer that muscular fatigue than that nervous system fatigue because you, you're going to get that with those bigger heavier lifts as well maybe not so much with bench press and that but definitely with rdos probably with squats as well I, I feel better when i've worked from that position of lifting less weight better reps more like focusing on that tension focusing on how i'm lifting the load focusing on a little bit more rather than like okay i have to hit 100 kilos i have to hit 110 kilos i've got to you know all that sort of stuff and i was saying beforehand with the sled like i know it's not lifting weight like you're talking about here where it's like your compound lifts but just that pushing the sled back and forth or the month throughout throughout february and like sure i felt that muscular fatigue but and it goes for like 15 minutes of pushing a sled. It's, it's not a short time. It's, it's a long time and you're getting, you're getting quite fatigued, but you're able to kind of back it up as well. I feel like you could, so with your RDOs, you've gone and done the three by 10. You could still do hamstring work later on in the week, even though you're feeling sore. It's not like, well, I'm assuming you could, you, yeah. you definitely could, but like you could go and do, more hamstring work it wouldn't be like thrashing your hamstrings hitting nordics doing more rdls and that sort of stuff but it's like it's not it wouldn't be so much of the cns fatigue it'd be more so that muscular feeling of like oh like yeah i've, I've really worked my hamstrings really 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 well and it's kind of that's the feeling by the sounds of it that you're going for that you're aiming for is that true yeah it's 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 trying to create a stimulus without mm. um this door just open let me shut this door um <laughs> think about that as a stimulus and there's a probably a better way to do it with less fatigue yeah so well um with the with the fatigue as well it's it's giving you a different feedback so like when you've got that when you've had that fatigue and obviously you're doing it in a different way that's giving you different stimulus so it's not like it's you're trying to lift heavy just because you want to kind of, because that's, that's a numbers game too. I think people get uh, like, you need, like we said about like we spoke about last week, but we, you need to have, if you want to be able to lift heavier, you need to have like, you need to have numbers. You can't just go and be like, yeah, I'm going to lift hundred kilos in a squat because I want to get my squat heavier. It's like, no, you, you've got to work with where you're at and then work toward progressively lift heavier. But I think, also doing this like this easy strength is almost a, a dense way. Like it sounds like it's a dense way of training, building dense tissue. So then like you have more tissue, more muscle, more muscle to be able to lift heavier. Like you want to lay down that foundation. So then when you do lift heavier, I mean, this is as simple as it probably needs to sound. You're laying dense tissue. So you have more muscle in, in inverted commas, more muscle, which you do. 
to be able to then lift heavier afterwards. I think that would probably be a simple way of of saying it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I it, I mean, it's not necess not necessarily the uh. I I guess you are changing the tissue structures because like you're if you ma do maximal RDLs, you're not going to get as deep as if you were doing still a significant amount of weight, but like lighter. Mm. Like the first time I ever touched the floor on an RDL with the plates was with a significantly lighter weight. And then, then I did it with a heavier weight and a heavier weight and a heavier weight. And now I can do it with any of the weights. And that's pretty much locked in. Like now you could, I could throw, probably 65 pounds on the bar and I could touch the with the plates. It's uh now I lost I lost what I was answering, but it's like I think one of the most important part things about it for athletes is like that's even maybe you're not getting the same strength stimulus in terms of you're gonna be able to lift heavier. But like the goal is to prepare you to play your sport. So like, you're like, I'm getting, I'm getting stronger. Like I'm getting a maximal stimulus, but like now I feel like shit on the field. Like, hold on a second. Like what's the, what's the point there mm -hmm. now that isn't to say that there aren't times where you want to go through a maximal amount of stimulation, stimulus, whatever you want to put in the most effective work possible. There's times for that, but there's also times where it's like, let's put in just enough work that you're still like pushing the needle, but it's not affecting you on the field. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what, that's what uh, Ben has probably done such a good job of. It's like, if you're going to jump, like going back to the jumping example, like if you're going to jump every week, you can't like do a whole shitload of maximal squats on a friday like you're just not gonna be able to jump on su sunday but like if you put in like a little bit of work on monday it's more good work on wednesday and it's more good work on friday saturday you're gonna want off sunday you're back and ready to go again like mm -hmm. i think that's probably more optimal for athletes than getting slammed tuesday th tuesday friday or something yeah i agree with the um stimulus so like one thing that i found really really uh, well initially i found really really challenging was because so like when i had athletes come in we were working in that phase of just before preseason and then through preseason and now we're in that phase of playing and in the season and now i've, I've got it down pat but when i initially started it was like, what stimulus do you need or can you do given the time that you're at? Because every single player is different in terms of their level of athleticism and where they want to go and how hard they can push and all that kind of stuff. And now, like I said, I've got it down to a T that all you need is just that little bit extra stimulus. I'm not going to get you to do heavy max squats throughout the season because you're getting someone to, to do something like that, like you said, to back it up to then go and train afterwards. It's like, it's not going to happen. I think you can do a little bit extra upper body wise because a lot of players, they, they're, so a lot, I've had a lot of the um, footballers from my club come to me. Like, I want to, I want to be a little bit bigger and bulky. They say the same things that I was thinking when I was like, when I was playing, it's like, you want to be bigger and stronger and bulkier, but I don't want to be too slow. Like I don't want to be too slow, you know, but it's like, there's so many things that you can do for their athleticism even from an upper body perspective as a footballer to help them be a little stronger on the ball. It's not necessarily get bigger arms. It's like you need to understand your positioning, how we're uh, defending, how we're tackling, whatever, whatever else is, is in that. Anyway, what I'm getting at is that when you've, when you offer, and this is something I've noticed uh, over the last, what's it been probably four to five months since I've been training these individuals, it's like, as long as you give them enough stimulus to create or cause adaptation without push, like you said, pushing the needle too far, you're, you're doing them a great service because you're putting them in positions or you're, you're allowing their body to get into positions and to develop tissue and that sort of stuff. So then that way they can actually get stronger. They can feel more athletic. I've had players uh, who have been working with me for that, that time and, 
ankle injuries have since disappeared foot injuries have since disappeared knees and hips have just there's there's nothing they feel better on the pitch they feel more comfortable in their body they feel like they know when they can push harder or when they need to kind of drop back because i think there is a big push and pull especially when you're playing as a footballer you need to you you kind of have to you got to gauge where you're at at training because when you're training on the pitch there's a lot of unknowns there's a lot of things that could potentially go wrong that or could be could be out of your control Whereas when you're in the gym, there's a lot of controllables. So you need to try and make it as controlled as possible, but still be able to push them a little bit more. Does that does that make sense where I'm going with yeah. that? Yeah. It's it's like you just all you need is to like like poke it, like mm. you're like just just enough stimulus that you're gonna like create growth. And when you're getting people that are like young footballers, it's like they just need to like look at a weight and they're going to get a little bit of stimulus. Like <laughs> you like, you need almost nothing. Now, if you were like a top level power lifter, if you want any sort of stimulus, you need to like pull a deadlift until your brains fall out of your ear. But like, that's not what we're talking about here. Like it's like, if you just get like, here's a little bit of stimulus and you're like, you like go a little bit, it's like you're a little bit more and you're like, and like, and then it's like, just, this little, 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 little bit. And as long as you'll combine that with whatever stimulus you're getting on the field in terms of that, it's like, as long as you can recover enough, you're eating enough and you're sleeping enough, then it's like, you're going to keep moving forward. And are you going to like make some drastic change in four weeks like that? No, it's not what the goal is either. Like it's, it's, and I don't think those drastic transformations are probably the best for athletes anyway. It's like all of a sudden I can jump four inches higher. It's like, well, cool, but can you land more com- as comfortably from four inches higher? Like it's, it's, I mean, I totally agree. And it's something I noticed when I was up in Boston with Keats is like, these kids were in the middle of their seasons. And I was like, you're like not doing anything with them. And it's like, we're just, we're just giving them enough to have a stimulus. And it was like, I, I sort of understood it then, but like it's clicked more now. It's like, he was kind of like masterfully just like poking the bear. Like, mm. let's give you like just just enough. And for some kids, enough was nothing. Like some kids just needed to move a little bit and get a tune up and not have any strength stimulus because they played the day before. Some kids were ready for like six reps six singles of like an eight second eccentric and that was plenty of stimulus some dudes needed a couple like it very much is just just get enough just get slightly enough i i believe that most athletes know their own body well enough to be able to say either yes to this stimulus is is good for me or like i feel okay with this and then some no i don't Sometimes there's the players that are unsure, whether it's because they've never experienced it in the gym before or because they may have done something like that before and it's like, no, that didn't really sit well with me. Whether it was because the form was off or because of the way that they were lifting, like there's there's a whole number of variables that could have gone wrong with that. But I think our job as a coach is to be able to get them into those positions and make them feel comfortable. They're like, okay, what are you, when you're doing this, what are you feeling? How do you, how does this exercise make you feel? How can, how can you do this without it being detrimental to your performance? Like we are doing this to be able to help you. Sometimes, like let's just use a reverse squat as an example, or, or we use any exercise. We don't even use reverse squat. But like yesterday, I had, there were four boys that came in. We played Saturday. There were four boys that came in uh, to the to, to my gym for my, my soccer body recovery class. And so what I've done is I've created a, a place for the, the boys to come. They come two times a week. There's two classes, two open classes for them. I'm starting to put a little bit more out there because there's obviously more that's going on. But with the recovery class, as an example, from the Saturday, so the day after the match day plus one or whatever it is, we had two boys that uh, two boys that played close to, to 90, pretty much 90 minutes one played in the reserves, one played in the seniors. Another one played 30 minutes plus 
had to do some top-ups after training and then one didn't play at all but trained with me on Saturday. So I've got pretty much four different types of athletes coming in. So what I want to be able to do, especially from a class perspective, is I want to be able to try and target as much as I can for each individual because they're not all going to be needing the same, exactly the same thing because the stimulus needs to be different. So what's been working really, really well is how I've designed my programming for them and how they go through the programming and, and all that sort of stuff. And obviously like that vibe too, you want to be able to create that positive place for people to be in, the players to be in. But then where it changes is like, okay, we can give this player person A who didn't really play that much, maybe a little bit more stimulus than person B who had a 90 minute game. But the exercises that we're, that we're doing, it's not like we're doing, you know, we're not doing squats. We're not doing deadlifts. We're not doing all these high-end um high repetition, all that kind of stuff for the body because the body doesn't need that. The body just needs enough to be able to tick through. And are we giving the body appropriate stimulus for your body, not for everybody because everybody is is different. And that's been like what you said with when you went with Keith, you, you struggled, to, um, struggled to kind of, I guess, understand it from his perspective. I've taken a long time for me to do the same thing with, with players. And, and now I get it like probably for the last three months, I've finally understand each individual player and each individual aspect, like giving them, giving them just enough, even just a little bit less than just enough is going to be better than giving them just a little bit too much. Cause if you give them just a little bit too much, you're, you're pushing that needle too far. You'd rather give them not enough than give them too much. Because if you go and give them too much, and like I said, players after working with them for a while, they intuitively know what they can and can't do. And then there's sometimes those players which are like, no, no, I can't do that. And it's like, as a coach, you know that they can do more. Like, because that's why you're there. You're there to help push that needle just a little bit more. Because if they don't, if they do too little, it's like, well, there's no real point in actually even coming to do anything with me. You know, if you want to jump in the ice bath, you can jump in the ice bath. But like, I want to be able to give your body a little bit of stimulus because I believe that the movement is going to be more beneficial for you than not doing the movement at all and not necessarily not doing any movement, but like doing something that's going to be beneficial for where we can work, where you don't feel fatigued, where you don't feel like you're, you're pushing that needle too far. Like I think there's always areas that you can work in. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's a, it's a skill as a coach to be able to know your players and your athletes as well as you do. And I think it's a testament to coaches who, who who are like Keith, for example, who know like, no, I know that that kid had this on, played here, he did that. We're not going to push him too hard. And again, some players know like, okay, I didn't play on the weekend. I feel great now. I'm going to go a little bit harder here because I know what my recovery is like. I know that I can back up training the next day and blah, blah, blah. I'm younger, I'm this, I'm that. So I think that most athletes intuitively know, but I think that they push the needle too far without guidance. If you have guidance and you have great guidance, similar to, to yourself or to Keith, it can be a very, very positive impact on your performance, your sport, but then also your longevity in your sport as well. So yeah, I, I think that it's it's important to have that. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree that having a little bit too less is way, way infinitely times better than having a little bit too much. The thing that I think I remember struggling with a little bit when I was playing was I almost just felt too fatigued from playing to like do anything in the gym. So I remember I remember going through and this was like early on. I was like, I just feel way better when I don't lift at all. So I would like not lift in the season and then I would get hurt or like whatever. But it was like the fatigue level was just lower if I didn't lift at all. So it was, whether that was a function of me going too hard whenever I lifted, or if it was like, I really was just too fatigued. I'm not, I really don't know what it was. Um, I don't know if you've ever felt that, but I was, I was like, absolutely shot every day from practice, like probably not actually recovering fully in between training sessions. And I was like, I don't. I don't think I'm in bad shape. I don't, it might be part of the thing. Like I still had bad ankle and whatever, bad knee and hamstring hips, whatever being bad. But I just remember like feeling like I couldn't, I didn't have any, I didn't even have enough in the tank to train every day. Mm, I, I did feel that way because when 
as well, especially in my younger years between probably 15 and 19, when I was almost training every single day on the, on the football field, I didn't feel like I, well, A, I didn't know what to do. So that was a big thing. But B, I didn't think I could do anymore because of, like you said, like I was really fatigued from training, from soccer. And it's like, well, where I know I need to get stronger. I know I need to do things to be able to perform better away from soccer, but I can't, I feel like I can't do anymore. And why, why is that? And you kind of get caught in like that limbo land because like you said, if I don't train or do strength work, my knees, my hips, my back, it's not going to be optimally as optimal as it, as it could be in terms of strength. But then if I, do train, I'm going to be even more tired and I need to find that happy medium in between. Like, and when, how many times do I need to train a week? Like, I think I found the perfect, well, I think, I'm not, I'm not sure, it could be wrong, but the perfect formula for these boys that are coming to see me twice a week because they get stimulus in the middle of the week and then they get a stimulus at the end of the week as well. And we're just, we're like, we're finding the the balance because it's a balance game. And I, I think that's where I struggled as well. I agree with you. Like, I really struggled at that point of wanting to to get stronger to perform better but then not knowing i mean i was a little bit different to you like i didn't know i didn't have that the support group around me like i wasn't just going to go to the gym and start lifting because the risk to reward ratio in my head was too much like it was too much risk and very very little reward and for me like i, I did my knee twice before i was 21 so you're like well i'm not going to go to the gym because i need to focus on keeping this knee or these knees healthy, you know, like not push that needle too far. I think there's, I think there's a place, I, not I think, sorry. I know that there's a place for it, but it's like, it's trial and error, which I didn't have time to do. Or I didn't think I had time to do. Yeah. I think, I think part of that actually falls back on the coaching staff too, of like pushing players too far. Like I think, like I I I don't know what would have happened if like I don't know if there was a better way to track how fatigued I was if I would have just like been like coach I feel super shitty today like I need to go or we just did less as a team like like can you imagine if you were the freshest team every time you played a game like you you would probably end up doing pretty well like like not that you didn't have like a intense training sessions every once in a while, but like if you're playing twice a week, like I don't think you need to do too much. Like in, in my eyes, like if you're playing twice a week, like have those two little micro stimuluses in the gym and then like have a couple little technical games, like, keep it small, like keep it small and keep it not fatiguing, super fatiguing. And like, if you got people that are on the bench that aren't playing, like you can give them some more work around game day, but like, why, why not be the freshest and healthiest and the freshest and freshest and healthiest team? Mm. Like, I feel like that's, if you want to be the fittest team, you want to be the most technical team. You want to be the strongest team. Like, all of those are just going to go down the drain if you're not fresh or healthy. So I, maybe that's a revolutionary idea or maybe it's a stupid idea. I don't know, but that's... Well, it's, yeah, I, I think not to, not to completely this your idea because I, 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 it. I, <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Uh, and being part of the football setup for the last, what's it been, 18 weeks. The training stimulus in terms of on the football field, now looking from the outside in, when I was when I was playing, like I never understood why you trained so hard, why you always trained so hard. And sure, you need to be a bit, uh, a bit smarter with when you're training hard compared to when game day is and, and that kind of stuff. But I think there needs to be the intensity in training so it can be replicated game day because – when you're, let's just say we're doing a passing drill or a possession drill, if you're going at half pace in those passing and possession drills, chances are you're going to replicate that in a game because what I've noticed is you're going to train the way that you play most most often, most times. And 
you maybe it's maybe it's one session a week where it is like that higher intensity and then the other two are like okay let's really try and bring these sessions down so we can stop the the fatigue i know as coaches though and, and being part of the the setup coaches get excited man they get real excited like oh the session's gone well let's keep going like let's keep building let's keep building the momentum like it's, it's good it's great it's, you know, it's, it's looking really really good and then they kind of go for an extra 20 25 minutes and that's a lot for a player because now there's less time to recover and they spend so much time with with a higher intensity where they should have been kind of like bringing it back down but i guess i don't know maybe maybe the coaches think that it's going to be more beneficial for them if we train a little bit longer, a little bit more, a little bit more high intensity, maybe. Um, but I think there always needs, and, and I'm sure that you would agree with this too, there always needs to be that session throughout the week where you do have that intensity because you still need to, you do need to replicate what you want to achieve in a game because there's no point in doing a passing drill that's done at 50% because if you want to get the passing drill done at 100% of the game, you need to try and replicate that as much as possible. I, I do think that there is a place for that. However, is is it is it really that important to, to have that? Like to have that intensity all the time at that level? I I, I don't I don't know I don't know I don't I don't think so because like you said, imagine if you were fresh because players should be players should just be getting like shouldn't shouldn't be pushing the needle too far in the season. You should be fit enough from preseason, and then you should be top. You should be just topped up. You should just be like, okay, I just want you to bring you back up again. Yep, all right, we're there again. We had a had a session. We brought you back down. Let's just try and bring you back up to that level, same level again. Whereas, yeah, sometimes it's almost it feels like you you push and you push and you push and you push and you push, but it's it's really detrimental to your performance as a player. Uh, that's the way looking from the outside in. Now, I don't know what you what your thoughts are like and how if you got anything from that little ramble. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I didn't I probably didn't explain it. I think I missed out on a vital point of keep players fresh by keeping the intensity high, but as soon as the quality drops off, it's done. Yeah, good. Yeah, yep. Like don't like I all the time I remember our having coaches like that was horrible we're doing it again that was bad we're doing it again and it's like it's been bad three times like I think that's not a sign that like this is something we should be able to do and we haven't been able to do it multiple times there's probably something going on either you gave us a stupid drill or like there's some fatigue or something that is limiting the sharpness if it's stupid mistakes then it's like lock in but it also might be like we've got nothing in the tank like mm. i think that's i think that's where like there was a renaissance periodization dr mike video a while back and it was like when do you cut when do you stop doing different activities fatigue well like when do you, when is it right the right time to stop and it was like lifting, it was like technical failure, general, it was important to stop. For skill acquisition and skill development, the time to stop is as soon, as soon as the it stops being really, really high quality. Because like, what's the point of doing a drill badly? Like, you might be like trying really hard, but what's the point of doing it sloppily? Like... To ask the point of what's the point of doing it sloppily, you have to ask why do you want to do it well every time? It's because you're building those neural pathways to do it cleanly every time. It's like, well, if we're doing it badly a bunch of times, you're just building the neural pathways to do it badly again. <laughs> so stop doing it. Like, either do it really well or don't do it at all. Like, I would, like, maybe you're scrimmaging and it's like it's bad so like you call like take a break hold on recoup that sucked we're gonna try it again and like you get you put everybody back out there and they start going and it sucks again like i would just send everybody home like not because like you're pissed at everybody for being bad but like it's it's probably clear that everybody isn't ready to have more skill acquisition at that point 
yeah, it's hard in a team aspect though because sometimes it can be half a dozen players that might just have felt fatigued or more fatigued from the game or from, I don't know, doing their own thing outside of training. And so then do you stop it because of those six players? And how do you know if those six players aren't, aren't on as well as the other 14 players that are there? So like, because it could just be it gets to it gets to one or two of those players and in a passing draw or a possession draw or a skill acquisition, whatever it is, and then it just falls off the edge. So but how do you know it's just them? Was it the pass that they were receiving was shocking? Like the way that they maybe the position their body or yeah, it's it's so hard. And I can I can really understand that from a coaching perspective that it's it's more challenging to actually be able to um, know that. I mean, when you've been in the game for a while, you know when it's the, the shit starts hitting the fan, so to speak, and then things just start getting really, really bad. So you know when you need to kind of pull it or you need to change drills or you need to maybe explain yourself. Your communication is, is not is not where it should be. And most times it is communication as a coach because it's not just about how you explain something. Like we have... Um, so we have like a, a, a Japanese, we have a Japanese boy in our team um, who speaks limited English, but he, he understands really, really well. And it's like the way that you explain it to one person and it's not, I'm not saying language barrier. I'm actually talking about person to person where you explain something to one person it is not going to make sense to every single person. So maybe you need to change the way that you explain it. Maybe change the way that you show the drill. Like maybe you need to show it on a whiteboard and that sort of stuff. We've spoken about this previously, like with having, those different learning cues, like do you learn better when you're listening? Do you learn better when you're looking? Do you learn better when you're doing? Like how do you how do you learn? And I think that as a coach, if you can actually tick off all those boxes and go like, okay, so I've explained it in every single way, maybe there might be one player left who doesn't really understand it. I've done my best in explaining it as best as possible. But you know, I again I agree with what you're saying too. When the skill aspect of it is just like falls off a cliffside it's like stop you pushing us even more it's such an old school way of coaching it's like keep going until you get it right we're going to be here all night keep going until you get it right we're going to be here all night yeah you, there, there might be some benefit in that but it's not going to be smart from a physiological perspective because you're spending three hours training this one drill and it's going to give athletes like some <laughs> mental scarring like, we're doing it again oh fuck's sake come on jimmy what are you doing man like why can't you pass a ball you know, and then it's just like collectively as a unit, you just start you start finding those weak links, which isn't so much of a bad thing. But yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I mean it's it's clear like clearly it's an art instead of a science of like when to like shut things down. It's all it's like part part of it is like what you mentioned like we're gonna be here all night. It's like well, let's look at the stimulus to fatigue ratio. There, it's like we're you're gonna fatigue the shit out of us, and we're gonna like we're going to have done one good rep in an hour and a half. Like that's the worst stimulus I've ever heard of in my entire life. It's like, then it's like, all right. And it, it's, I think people know when it's like, all right, you just, you just pass it to a guy who sucks and he lost it. Like that's, that's just that guy being bad. But when like the whole team is making bad mistakes and like you, you've definitely felt it before. You're like, all right, everybody is off today. Like, it's just not a good session today. Yeah. Like, that's when the coach got to know. It's like, all right, there's probably some sort of fatigue going on here. Like, let's either let's just, like, go do something fun, like play horseshoes or something, or just send everybody home or stretch or something. I, it's, it's, yeah, it's, and then, then you do have to balance, like, all right, these, maybe these three guys are tired and everybody else is fine. Part of that, I mean, if we want to go back to like the pushing the needle too far or not far enough, like maybe it is better to just not get the other players quite as high of a stimulus and give those guys just enough than it is to like push those guys too far and maybe give those guys enough for a little bit too much. Like it's it's very diff it's really difficult. Like it's 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 easy to understand why coaches don't do that very well because it's like tremendous. There's a tremendous amount of variables to go into it. But it's like it's, I I would say err on the side of less and at the higher quality and cut things earlier. 
like I we used to argue all the time it's like another round we want another round of sixes we want another round of 7v7 and it's like sometimes the coach would be like yeah all right whatever we can have one more sometimes it's like no cut it or the time was up or whatever but like I I I think I think erring on the side of the less is a better thing and then you could do more in the off season but like mm-hmm. also like do you want to have one really you have one do you want one really high stimulus session and then like have a bad session on Wednesday and a bad session on Friday or do you want to have a good session on Monday Wednesday and Friday because your fatigue is lower like what's more beneficial there the it was always the way when we played like you always wanted to do one more and one more and I want to do one more, like because you're in that mood like you're like it's feeling it's feeling good so you want to do more we, sometimes like you said the coach would say yeah or the coach would say nah I don't want to that's it we're finishing we're done like that's it no, no more um, and it is you would rather do like you said just a little bit less than too much because pushing just a little bit too much is going to be seriously more detrimental to your performance and health in the long run than doing just a little bit less like the the risk to reward ratio from the two you doing a little bit more in season where variables can change quite quickly is going to be definitely more detrimental in my opinion than doing just a little bit less would be in terms of like gaining better performance and that sort of stuff. Do you, when you, when you would train, what, what would your, what would your training session consist of? So like you would be training three times a week, play on, so, so for four times, four sessions a week. Is that how you would train? Including. Uh, if you had one game a week. Yeah. One game a week. Uh, Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably have one game a week and then take five have five sessions. Um uh, with with the team? That was with the team, sorry. So five sessions with the team. We would yeah, we so are you talking about like if I were to make a session or when I was in school? No, no, no. When you were when you were playing. Five we, we would have we would have we'd have one day off a week and then every other day it was either a game or a session. Okay. So we and then some days, if it was a travel day, that was our off day. And then we had sessions all the other times. Um, so it was a lot. Like, yeah, I mean, to be fair, it was it was, it was was quite a bit. But uh, I just had another idea pop in my head. Um, everybody just finishing at the end of practice, right? Like, you, you always train and then you did finishing at the end. Yeah, I think that's a horrible idea. Now that I think about it, I think that's the absolute worst time to do finishing. Because, like... Because it's skill, it's skill acquisition. It's fatigued. It's only <laughs> skill acquisition. That's the only thing it is. And like, let's pick like, how can we find the time when our players are going to be the most tired, and then try to have them do skill acquisition drills? Yeah, let's just throw it at the end of practice after we played sevens for forty-five minutes. What a stupid idea! <laughs> like, yeah. you wonder why you're not scoring in games is because you're practicing shooting like shit at the end of a training session when you're tired and it was oh i would i could probably like i mean we had so many finishing sessions i couldn't count on one hand but like we had so many finishing sessions that were so bad i have to imagine because people were fatigued generally and then we just had a full two-hour training session and they're like now let's do finishing and then it's like what do you expect like it's just going to be bad Hmm. I mean, something has to be the last thing of the day, but like, let's not make it finishing. Mm-hmm. Our, our coach has done a really good job at, at changing, changing that, not leaving finishing to the end of the session. And I mean, we spend, the other thing too is like, you don't spend, I don't think there's enough time spent on finishing of actually hitting targets in terms of scoring goals for, for like the trainings that we do, because we do it probably, with the focus on scoring goals and technique and skill acquisition and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's because we only train three times a week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, because it's not, it's different, obviously from a school environment. You're um, when you're at school, you're there, you're training. And then you're, I, I assume you were staying on campus too. So yeah. it's like that. It's, it's different. It's different to playing um, in, a, in a league where you've got older players who are working as plumbers and electricians and office jobs and that sort of stuff, you know, it's just a, it's a different different setup. So they train Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and 
Thursday is usually that shooting night. Um, but it's like you want people to get better at scoring goals or better at pattern play and that sort of stuff. You need to spend more more time on that. And it's like, how much time do you have? <laughs> because you don't have that much time to to do that. So like you got to get this and there's that. And then there's this other thing. And then we've got to go here. And it's like, there's, there's so many things that you need to do. It's like, well, what's going to be your best bang for your buck? What's going to be most important? It's same from a strength perspective too. What's going to be the best bang for your buck in season? My opinion is not like we spoke about in the beginning is not squatting copious amounts of rep with, with weight on your shoulders continuously. Cause it's not going to get you, you any, anywhere because you're, providing too much of a stimulus and you're pushing that needle way, way too far. So can you, can you give each player enough of a stimulus so then they're able to generate change, create change within their tissue, within their mental capacity, within their skill? Like what can you do? There's so many, there's so many parallels between the weight room and the field. It's like what you train first is what's going to make the biggest change. So, like, once you're warm, like, if you really want to get better at back extensions, like, you're not going to, like, do your squats and then do your reverse squats and your dibs and your calves. And it's like, let's then, session's about over. Let's do my back extensions now that I really want to get better at. That's like, if you're not scoring goals and everybody's missing the target, it's like, let's do our warm up, let's do our technical work, let's do our possession, bigger possession, small sided game, and then let's do our finishing. That's not how that works. Like you, that's not gonna. That's not how you're gonna get better at scoring goals. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same thing. Like you're not gonna get better at back extensions like that. And it's like it's again erring on the side of less rather than more. Like it's, it's like in my eyes, it's the same thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's an art when you have that many people that you're trying to manage it at the same time. But it's like, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. And it's challenging if you're not an artist and you're not, not a, like it's because it is, like you said, it's an art. And you're not, if you're not an artist and you don't know how to kind of make it all fit into one, you can fuck it up. And it can be so, like, if you're doing shooting straight out of the blocks <laughs> before you've even started anything, before you even started. I remember when I was a kid, I never did shooting before practice because it, for me, it's a. Uh, my body was already hanging on by strings. So if I was to do shooting, my legs are hanging on by strings and I'd probably do something. But you've got these kids that are running around kicking balls and that sort of stuff and shooting and all that. And it's like, if you were to start with that, it's not going to be, because there's so many other factors that can go wrong with shooting. You know, you can, you can probably start with back extension. I'm not saying that you go crazy heavy with it, but you can start with that movement of the hinging. It's not like it's going to be detrimental to your, to the health of your back. You know, you can hold onto the handles. We can slowly get into that position, understand. But if you want to get the most out of that movement, you want to start by warming up the tissue first before you get into it and start loading up. But that's just, <laughs> that's common sense, but it's not common sense for everyone. But you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the same thing I with think, like shooting. Like get warm first. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not I'm not saying do it before you warm up, but Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. Um where we're going on what's that, forty five minutes now. I reckon we uh we pulled the pin on on this one. It's it's been a it's been a good change of pace. Usually we, we get heavily into the strength stuff. So it's been nice to actually chuck in a little bit of the soccer soccer aspect. We, we were speaking about it before. You had a uh, was it what'd you call it? A shame stamp? Is that what you called it? Oh, the shameless plug. Shameless plug. That's the one. Shameless plug. Same stamp. Shameless plug. Yeah. yeah. Give, us, give us your shameless. <laughs> give us your shameless plug. Yeah. If you want to find it, soccer speed system and soccer strength system available in my bio. Sixty uh, percent off right now. DM me if you want the sixty percent off code. Um, if you want to get faster, or if you want to build the base of strength, or if you want to do both. I think you're going to get the best result if you go from strength into speed. Links in my bio. You can shoot me a message for the the discount code. Let's uh, maybe we'll just say the episode is sponsored by Half and Half by our programs. What's uh, what do you got? <laughs> what is your plug? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my shame, my shameless. What, what was it called again? Shameless plug. Shame stamp. Yeah. Shameless plug. Yeah, <laughs> so, the shame stamp. Yeah. Shame. That's it. That's the Aussie version. Uh, so the six-week soccer body program, both for, for injured 
athletes who want to get back and playing and for those who actually want to go pro but don't feel that they have an understanding of, of how to actually get into the gym um, or have access to a gym so this is the perfect program for you i've got a link in my bio as well so uh, almost a thousand dollars worth of, of, of the product for 197 bucks um, there's three and a half hours worth of, of content on there there's six weeks of programming once you purchase it you've got it for for life um, I'm also putting in there the money back guarantee too. So if you don't enjoy the program uh, and you want to get your money back, all you got to do is let me know and I'll give you your money back. That's that's 100%. Um, also, you get that free ebook as well, which comes with some free programming too. And there's a whole lot of other advice in there too. Um, and you can get that for free. All you got to do is just uh, drop me an email and and then it gets sent straight out to you. So check out the ebook that's in my bio as well. Um, and then the links to the program. So uh, for those who want to get uh, out of injury or out of pain or want to become a professional and, and want to be able to work in a in a way where they don't feel like they they can get to a gym or they have the gym equipment or that sort of stuff, this program is going to be perfect for you. So check it out. The link is in bio. And yes, this program, uh, this uh, podcast is sponsored by uh, the Six Week Soccer Body Program. And what was yours called again? The Soccer Strength System and the Soccer Speed System. Love it. So Love it. Easy. There you go. Um, where where can everybody find you? Find the link in your bio. Oh, find the link. Yeah, Coach Carly on the, on Instagram. Um, I haven't been as as uh, present as what I was uh, last month. I had a little bit of a um, slower week last week. wasn't wasn't actually I wasn't quite well, but we're feeling we're feeling better now, which is good. So, uh, what about yourself? Yeah, score performance, SKAAR performance, wherever. All you know, all the platforms. Yeah, we know. All right, everybody. If you stuck around for this long, hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Drop us a comment or a rating or something, and uh we'll see everybody next week. See you guys.